On this episode, we're talking about a lesser known way of detecting COVID-19 and its variants through wastewater. Find out the work being done right here in Johnson County to keep residents informed and safe. Whether you live in or just love Johnson County, Kansas, JOCO On The Go has everything Johnson County. Here's what's happening and what's coming up in the community you call home. Thanks for joining us for JOCO On The Go. I'm your host, Teresa Freed, a Johnson County resident and employee of Johnson County government. The county is making great progress in vaccinating the population, but identifying sources when and where COVID-19 and its variants live remains an important part of stopping the spread. Here today to talk about one interesting way we're tracking the virus, we have representatives from the Johnson County Department of Health and Environment and Johnson County Wastewater. We have Joe Yelton and Elizabeth Holshue. Thank you both for being here today. Thank you. All right, first off, if you could just tell us, uh, both of you, what, what you do for the county. I am the Director of Epidemiology at, for Johnson County Department of Health and Environment. Um, in normal days, that would mean that I work on a lot of different projects around mental health, community health, housing, economy, all of these different pieces that we know impact health. Um, but in the last year with COVID-19 pandemic raging, I um, am leading the team that oversees all case investigation and contact tracing, as well as liaising with our schools to ensure that contact tracing is done effectively there. And for a lot of the public communication around data and information for COVID-19 transmission in Johnson County. All right, full plate. <laughs> all right. Just a little bit these yeah. days. All right, Joe, can you talk about what you do for wastewater? Sure. Uh, I supervise the water quality lab. So our normal job would be to ensure that all of our wastewater treatment plants meet uh, environmental regulations, uh, a lot of permit requirements, sampling um, almost daily on all the plants. We also do a lot of stormwater monitoring and just water quality throughout the county. All right. Again, thank you both for being here. And so we just want to jump right into this um, this topic. It's It's an it's an interesting one and one we don't talk about every day when we're discussing COVID-19 and, and the work that's being done. So Elizabeth, do you wanna start us off by talking about um, the, the studies that are being conducted and sort of those partnerships with uh, local and state uh, organizations? So when we think about coronavirus transmission in our community, there's a number of different ways we can detect that. The primary way that we think about COVID-19 is when patients get sick, when, when our residents get sick and we swab them and we detect COVID-19 so we know that they're infected. Um, but that's very individual specific. And so one of the ways that we look at COVID-19 transmission and presence in our community is through much larger and broader surveillance techniques as we call them in public health. And this is a way just to understand what's happening in our community at a very high level in a big picture kind of way. And so one of the ways that we're doing this is through this wonderful partnership with JCW, Johnson County Wastewater and um, Kansas University by looking at wastewater samples or sewage samples to see whether or not we can detect COVID-19 in those samples. So if we all go to the bathroom in our homes or in our offices, that, that sewage goes to a treatment center. And what we can do is we actually can detect COVID-19 in those samples because we shed the virus that way um, through, our, through our poop, through our stool. And so this is a way for us to look at the population level and try and detect any kind of changes in the concentration or how much 
COVID-19 is in our community, um, and maybe even some geographical changes. So if we see it in one part of our county, but maybe not in the other based on where these wastewater treatment plants feed from, which neighborhoods, which communities within Johnson County. Gotcha. Okay. So I think probably a question people might have is you can detect sort of regionally where COVID is based on this. Can you detect it all the way down to the location of a person's house or is it, is it something broader than that? So generally the way we do this, it's much broader than that. So we pull from these large wastewater sampling or wastewater plants um, that collect from a number of houses, a number of neighborhoods, a number of businesses. But Johnson County has tried to do more directed sampling for some of our areas of concern. And those really were long-term care facilities for us. As we know, our long-term care facilities have been ravaged, some of them by COVID-19 transmission through the residents, through the staff. We've lost a lot of lives in these communities and these facilities. And so we have worked with JCW to identify a couple of long-term care facilities, actually, where we can sample just from there, which is a really unique way of trying to detect early on whether or not there is COVID-19 in that facility. And part of the reason for that is evidence from throughout the country and world looking at this is actually it's kind of an early warning system or early warning detection system where we may be able to pick it up in sewage before we're actually identifying it in residents. So in terms of a long-term care facility, that's really useful because if we start seeing it in the wastewater samples, then we can go into the facility and do broad testing to identify who's infected, isolate them away from the rest of the residents and prevent transmission from occurring throughout the facility, as opposed to just waiting for somebody to actually start showing symptoms for a, a staff member to identify that somebody's maybe not acting right. So that leads to testing. This is just a really nice way for us to be able to identify something earlier before it spreads. But in general, for the, the general community of Johnson County, no, we can't tell you the specific house or the specific business or anything like that. It's a much larger picture for us. And Joe, I've been to the wastewater facility before, I, and um, it's a very interesting process. I know that when you go there, you expect certain smells, and you, you really don't get that. It's, it's an interesting place. Um, and I know there are different steps in the process. So can you talk about at what point are, or where are you guys doing this sampling and, and what happens to that sample? Right, we're, we're collecting samples uh, essentially right at the influent to every plant. Uh, we don't want the sample to be changed or modified by the treatment process. And so we have samplers deployed already at all the treatment plants. Um, the long-term treatment facilities, we're just uh, deploying uh, portable samplers to those locations. And uh, it's the same uh, right as the, at, at the exit to the facility. Um, we're, just, we're just doing that, compositing a sample over the course of a day and then going out and collecting that composited sample and sending it off for analysis. And so is that going off to the state labs or is, is that work that's being done right here in Johnson County? That's done through KU. KU, okay. Yes. How, Elizabeth, did we, we get involved in this? And is, is this kind of study happening throughout the state? Yeah, so I believe that this actually came from KDAG. They were doing some of the sampling in other parts of the state. Missouri has also done the sampling. They actually released some information about that a couple of weeks ago. Um, and so trying to figure out how this could inform our policy decisions, our guidance for community members with spread. Um, and so while I think that 
there are some really great potentials for this. We're still trying to figure out what it means in the grand scheme of things. Um, if we see an increase in a certain area, what can we do as a health department for guiding policies or recommendations for that area? Um, I think that this is a fairly new technology that's being used certainly around COVID-19. So we're still trying to figure out the intricacies of, of how we take what the information we get from these samples and how that actually turns into practice and, and public health guidance. And it kind of seems to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but this sort of, sort of sampling might be uh, increasingly important, uh, both because we're seeing variants, but then also because we're seeing less people come through the drive-through testing clinics, uh, because we're, a lot of people are feeling very positive and excited about um, the vaccines, and so people are focused on that and maybe less on, on testing. So can you talk about that? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. So in terms of the variance, I think that that is quite frankly, for me at least, the greatest value added from this kind of work. Um, so the way that we normally detect variants, things like the UK variant or the South African variant or the California variant, any of these variants that exist um, throughout the world right now is generally, again, from that patient perspective. So a lot of times, you know, you get a swab up the nose and if it comes up positive, um, at the state, they may run what's called sequencing. They may try and figure out whether or not your sample has one of these variants, if you have one of these variants. Um, but for us in Johnson County, we don't send a lot of specimens to the state for that kind of testing. We do a lot through our private um, contracts and through private labs, and that goes for our hospital partners and our long-term care facilities pretty much across the board. So that means if we're not sending samples to the state, we're not gonna be able to actually detect those variants um, because our samples aren't being sequenced. So what this adds for us is an ability, again, at this really high population level to see whether or not it's even present. So we're not really relying on that one sample out of the you know, 300 that are positive or the 1,000 that are positive in a week, um, but we can really look across the entire county in sort of one foul swoop and see whether or not these variants are present. And that is, for me, really where that comes in. Um, you know, the other piece of this that you asked about, over the last several months, we have in fact seen a decline in testing, and that both goes for our testing here at Johnson County, as well as through our partners in the community. And that is partially because we are seeing a reduction in community transmission of COVID-19. It's not in our community as much, so that means less people are getting sick and therefore getting tested. Um, but I think you're right that the increase in vaccinations, um, along with the declining case rates, it makes people feel sort of this source of comfort that maybe it's not. Maybe this, whatever symptoms I'm experiencing, maybe it's just a cold or maybe it's allergies. And so we really aren't seeing that testing done at as high of a level. So with this, with this kind of testing, again, at a population level, we can see increases and decreases in the concentration of COVID-19 in our community. And so absolutely, if we start seeing that the concentration of COVID-19 in our wastewater samples increasing over time, then that is a way for us to turn around and tell the community, hey guys, it's increasing. Please, if you're getting sick, go get tested. And so it's it's a couple of fold where this is really um, some benefit added for us and value added. So do you see this as, as an ongoing study or project? I mean, I, I don't know what the study length is on the partnership with KU, but um, since we already have this system built in place, I guess, with wastewater, is it something that you see continuing? You know, I would love to see this continuing again, particularly for that variance, um, because it's so hard to detect. And the reason why this is so important is that certain variants, like the UK variant, for instance, is more infectious than what has been circulated in our community. So that means that, you know, a year ago, if I got infected with coronavirus, COVID-19, I would maybe only infect two people. 
Um, but maybe with this new variant, I would infect four people. So we really need to be able to detect these highly infectious variants because it takes an even higher level of adherence to the public health measures that we continue to recommend. So I think that moving forward, as this virus continues to mutate, as we get more of these variants, which is just part of this kind of virus, um, having this ability to detect them in our community is incredibly important. Um, however, I do know that it's very expensive, particularly the way that they are moving to doing this kind of sequencing. So right now we're looking at um, ways to be cost effective in doing it, sort of maybe pooling samples so that we're not running as many. Um, and so we'll be looking at the, the sort of cost benefit as we move forward and what the ability is for us to continue this study. And I know this week you spoke on our Facebook Live event about the, the variants and what has been detected. So can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. So KU, um, Dr. Sturm, who's been a wonderful partner in this and has really been leading it, um, she went back, once she got some the ability to test for these variants, she went back and pulled um, some samples from the beginning of January, actually, because we had a really high concentration of COVID-19 in our wastewater at that point, and was that UK variant, the B117 variant. Um, so that shows that it really was in our community um, starting at least in January, if not before then. And she's been able to continue to test. And what she's found is that we do have it. We are continuing to see some of this UK variant, but it's still remaining at pretty low levels. Um, and it's certainly lower than other communities in Kansas have seen. So I think that's great news. Um, I think, again, it talks a lot about how our community has really come together to do these public health mitigation efforts. Um, but this, those are still so very important because this is so much more infectious. We know it's in our community. So if it, that does become the predominant strain and starts replicating more and more in our community, um, we may start seeing an increase in our cases. So absolutely. We also have with us from the University of Kansas, Belinda Sturm, who's been working on the study of COVID and wastewater for quite a while now. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Well, first off, can you just talk a little bit about some of the research that you've done in this area? Yeah, in, in general, we're trying to use wastewater catchment. Um, you know, everyone who flushes a toilet uh, within a, a sewer collection system, uh, basically collecting that wastewater as a pooled sample from anyone connected to that point of collection. Initially, this was really powerful, especially when um, testing for COVID was very limited, uh, you know, when the pandemic just first started. And it was um, the idea that if we could collect a sample and measure 30,000 people connected to that point of collection, that that is much cheaper and easier than uh, doling out 30,000 samples. And the other really powerful thing about it is we can collect that weekly, which we've been doing with Johnson County Wastewater. So we've been measuring weekly samples from all six um, major wastewater treatment plants for the last nine months now. It just, um, this pandemic never ends. Like every time I think about that, I sort of have goosebumps that we've been living with this for long, so long, but we have a really, um, you know, well-tracked um, trends of the SARS-CoV-2 concentrations in the communities at those wastewater treatment plants. And so now we're, we're starting to focus in on variants, I know. So can you talk about how uh, what you're seeing in wastewater has sort of shifted over the last year? Yeah, so um, we have been specifically 
performing the test that when you go take a COVID test, uh, the CDC method, and it tracks the spike protein that is on SARS-CoV-2. The variant uh, that has gotten a lot of press is out of the UK. It's called B117. And uh, a question has been, can we, can we see that in the wastewater? So, you know, uh, the genetic sequences are mutating. That's, that's how these variances have formed. So we are chasing uh, genetic sequences that are varying over time. Um, we have observed uh, the B117 in some Kansas communities. Uh, and uh, I don't know yet if it's increasing. Every week we're, we're sort of tracking that. It is uh, something that uh, we're trying to get a handle on, just like all public health officials in real time. So I know wastewater um, sort of gives you a little bit of lead time, I, I guess, on on what the community can expect in terms of spread. So um, do you have that same same lead time or information with, with the variants? Yeah, so, you know, the, the challenging thing with COVID is it's, it can be asymptomatic. So people don't go get tested. And uh, we can measure the concentration of virus they're shedding, even if they're not symptomatic and potentially they're spreading during that time that they're not symptomatic. Um, I don't know much about how the variant presents itself in humans yet. So I, I can't say what that lead time would be, but, but I'll just in general terms, I'll talk about wastewater in areas where tests are not available or there's a disincentive to be tested. Uh, perhaps um, individuals are reticent to go get tested. We would still be able to detect that COVID is present in that community. It won't tell you which individuals are sick, but it will tell you um, that, uh, that uh, concentrations are increasing or decreasing in a given spatial area. And so how, it's, it's kind of obvious, I think, but how is that info, information useful, especially to, you know, public health leaders and, and things like that when they're making their decisions about uh, safety precautions? So in working with uh, Johnson County Public Health and Douglas County Public Health and KDHE, um, they're using it as one line of evidence of, you know, clinical testing and others. So I think it's just another layer that helps them and infor helps inform decisions. We were looking at a few manholes um, near um, senior living facilities and um, shortly after those communities were vaccinated, concentrations went to zero. So personally, it helped me have confidence in the vaccine uh, because it was uh, really wonderful to see the efficacy of that vaccine um, in those manholes. And um, I've had my first dose and I'm really excited. That's great. Um, so how do you see this this research continuing or evolving as, as we move further into the, the path of getting back to normalcy, I guess. So COVID is um, unique and we hope it's unique and we hope it's a, a once in a hundred year type event, but there are other viruses that are waterborne fecal, fecal shed viruses. And I'm hoping that the science that we've learned and developed um, 
in our field over the last year can pivot to some of those other viruses and help uh, rapid detection of those within communities. So that's where I think this research will head. Hopefully we'll say goodbye to this, this phase in our lives and COVID, um, but viruses in general will be around forever. And we, we've developed new tools to track those in communities. All right, that's great information. Anything else you wanna share with our listeners about the, the work that you're doing? I just want to shout out to really the collaborative nature between Johnson County Wastewater, Johnson County Health, and, and KDHE. Um, you know, in real time, people have been uh, reading science that's emerging and figuring out how can we apply that in our community. And there's just been a real willingness to try things and see what we can learn from them. All right, that's great. Thank you so much for being here and taking the time to talk about this. I know it's a very important subject and one you're probably very passionate about, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, always passionate about wastewater. I'm sort of special that way, so <laughs> thank you. You just heard Joko on the go. Join us next time for more Everything Johnson County. Have a topic you want to discuss? We want to hear from you. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at JocoGov. For more on this podcast, visit jocogov.org forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening.